Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 256 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm all alone this week. Um, truth be told, I actually did record most of this show with Eddie Chambers, and the whole thing had sound issues, so we had to delete the whole hour and 20 minutes of it. So it's just me, and um, yeah, it, it was a real shame. Real bad technical issues this week. Hopefully, they're behind us now. Um, I don't think the show's going to go on too long, though, to be completely honest. There's a little bit of reviewing to do there's not much news at all if any and there's a little bit of previewing so let's dive straight into the review part of the show of course we're going to start here at the park uh the park studios the production park studios in yorkshire united kingdom this one was on channel five on saturday night um the european champion the ebu european super featherweight champion samir ziani 31 and 3 with a draw a win for him a 12th round tko win against alex Dilmagani, who's now 19 and 2 with a draw um a good fight a really good fight and there was drama. There was drama because he got that stoppage in the 12th round, but he was behind on, on two cards, I believe. So he needed that stoppage there, um, Sami Ziani. So the champion, um, you know, defends the belt successfully, remains champion. And Dil Magani, um throughout the fight was cut below his right eye in the sixth round. And like I say, he was down twice in that 12th and final round. Ziani also was cut on his right eye in the ninth. Um, on the undercard, we got to see Isaac Chamberlain move to twelve and one. It's his, you know, it's, it's his um, second fight in two weeks. It's been a quick turnaround for him after two years of inactivity. He got a win against Matt Sen, who's now five and three. Matt Sen, I think, you know, got in there on short notice, very short notice. So a TKO in the very first round there for Isaac Chamberlain. Um, yeah, you know, a barrage of big clean uppercuts kind of you know kind of uh, finished off Matt Sen uh, but to be to be completely fair to him he, he didn't go down he stayed on his feet despite Isaac Chamberlain landing real flush on the chin uh, also on the undercard an upset an upset um, Mick Hennessy Jr. 4-0 and with a draw going in he lost his O um, a points loss over six rounds to Jamie Stewart who was actually 1-0 and um, yeah, so 58-56 from the referee Mark Lyson in favour there of Jamie Stewart, now 2-0. Mick Hennessy Jr. looked to be real disappointed afterwards. Let's move out now stateside to the bubble in the MGM Grand Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, on the undercard, friend of the show, he was on a couple weeks ago, Jared Anderson, the heavyweight, now 6-0. Still got that 100% KO percentage. 6-0, 6 KOs, a TKO for him. In round four against Rodney Hernandez. Uh, wins also on the undercard for Jesse Bam Rodriguez. That is the brother of Joshua Franco. He's now 12-0. A win against Jamiel Rivera, who is now 18-7 with three draws. A first round TKO, by the way, there for Jesse Rodriguez. He had his opponent Rivera down three times in the first round. 
Um, and yeah, got him out there in the first, like I say. Also a win for Steven Nelson. He's now 17-0. and 0, A TKO for him in six rounds against DeAndre Ware. That was a good win there for Steven Nelson. Ware now... Um, 13 and 3 with two draws and the main event of course everybody's um everybody's uh you know uh, uh, surely a respecter um a, a fan a supporter you just can't help but admire Jamel Herring however it wasn't all you know it wasn't all um what's the word all his own way i don't know it wasn't all plain sailing let's say um yeah, he, he defended his WBO World Super Featherweight title um, against Jonathan Aquendo. Of course, everyone knows the backstory. This is the third time the fight was scheduled. And he, he won, but it was a disqualification win for Jamel Herring after eight rounds. Um, Aquendo was down once in the third round, and he had a point deducted for um, you know for use of the head. Now, here's where it gets technical. Um, it was quite bizarre, like I say. So this is pretty much the timeline. Um, Aquendo used his head numerous times in the fight. Tony Weeks, the referee, you know, gave him a telling off, stuff like that. Warned him several times, took a point off. And um, during one of the head clashes, Aquendo managed to open a cut on Jamel Herring's right eye. And basically what happened was Jamel Herring continued on with the fight. And then after the eighth round, he went back to his corner and it wasn't really an easy round for Jamel Herring. It seemed like, I don't want to say the tide was turning. No way, no way. But what I will say is that he wasn't winning the rounds easily. It was getting quite rough and tumble in there. Aquendo's not a boxer. He's a brawler. You know, he came to put the pressure on. It was turning into a little bit of an untidy, messy, kind of rough, you know, roughhouse type of fight. And Jamel Herring goes back to his corner and he says, I can't see. So the doctor gets up on the apron and he says you know, what do you mean? You can't see, you know? And Jamel Herring saying, I can't see. So the doctor speaks to the referee. Tony Weeks pretty much said, look, you know, it's, it's your decision to the doctor. He said, it's up to you, you know? I can't stop it, you know? It's up to you. If You know, you've got the power to stop it also. And the doctor kind of didn't want to stop it. He seemed a little bit hesitant. He was speaking to Tony Weeks. Tony Weeks said, I can't really help you. It's your decision. And the doctor said, okay, seeing as Jamel Herring can't see, I'm going to stop the fight. Then Tony Weeks goes to inform the commission, who are ringside, and he says to them, okay, the fight is going to stop here, he can't see, um, we're not going to go to the scorecards, Jamel Herring automatically wins, because the headbutt was intentional. So the commissioner are a bit confused, they're arguing with Tony Weeks, they're saying, but, you know, we need to go to the scorecards, I don't understand. Tony Weeks is saying, no, it doesn't go to the scorecards, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Manny Robles, obviously the former trainer of Andy Ruiz Jr., he was doing the commentary that I was listening to, and he said, if Aquendo's already had a point deducted for those headbutts, how can you punish him once again a couple rounds later for it? It makes no sense. You can't punish the, the guy twice for the same offense. Um, which which made sense to me. But anyway, they had to go and get the rule book out. They were, you know, this is all going on for about five minutes. Aquendo's in the other corner, not knowing what the hell is going on. He's, he's, you know, shadow boxing. He seems real frustrated. He wants to continue. And yeah, after about five minutes of back and forth, no one really knew what was going on. And then, you know, it, it, it gets announced as a disqualification. So Tony Weeks actually disqualified Aquendo. And I really can't, shed any light on this because it just seems so bizarre um 
you know, I think it probably should have gone to the scorecards. But by the way, even if it did, Jamel Herring was winning um, a shutout on two of them. And I think he only lost one round on the other one. So, yeah, but it was a rough and tumble fight. And Jamel Herring even kind of said in the post-fight interview, you know, he said it wasn't the statement he planned on making. You know, he wanted to make a big statement. He wanted to fly into that Carl Frampton fight with some real momentum. But it wasn't that type of fight at all. He wasn't very impressive you know, throughout the fight, and um, he he kind of shifted the blame a little bit onto his corner, saying, you know, my corner told me it's the best thing to do to, to you know, to, to stop the fight, or something like that, he tried to kind of shift the blame a little bit, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, um, Christina Poncha, credit to her, she again was doing the uh, the commentary with Manny Robles, and she was kind of speaking her mind, really, you know, she's, um, I think, pretty good friends with Jamel, but she was saying some stuff, and I thought, well, okay, you know, she uh, she was just speaking her mind, she felt that Jamel Heron was really trying to shift the blame and stuff like that, and, you know, it is what it is, but um, I, I just think myself that Jamel probably saw a way out of the fight and took it, really, you know, he was still going to get the same money, what's the point in fighting another bunch of rounds for free, but some people look at that as Oh, you know, he's he, he quit, he quit, and some people look at it as well. It's a smart, it's a smart thing to do, you know. But um, yeah, it wasn't the the statement he wanted to make. He ended up in the hospital after the fight. I've spoken to him briefly. He says he's okay, and um, we plan to speak soon. So he may end up, um, he may end up on this show. Who knows? I'm recording this. I'm going to be honest. I'm recording this on a Tuesday, so um, he may end up on this podcast later on, or perhaps not. If not, then perhaps we'll get him on next week. But anyway, that's the bubble in the MGM Grand. Moving out now to the final card to mention from last week. It took place on Sunday. Sunday at September 6th at the Microsoft Theatre in Los Angeles. Um, the bill was topped by your Dennis Ugas against Abel Ramos. It ended in a split decision over 12 rounds for Ugas. He's the new uh, the new WB, WBA welterweight world champion. Uh, a bit of a strange one, really. I didn't see it but, you know, one scorecard said one thing, another scorecard said the other thing. I think a lot of people were criticizing the, um, you know, the, the scorecards afterwards. So I'm not quite sure what happened. Um, let me know if I've missed something really spectacular. Let me know. But all I can say is I expected Ugas to win. I'm kind of happy for him now because he, I felt like he was quite underrated, really. Uh, he's got some solid wins. He is one of the danger mans in the welterweight division. On his night, he gives absolutely everyone trouble. And now he's got a belt. Now, people are going to want to fight him. Whereas before, I think he was a little bit avoided. Um, on the undercard as well, just a quick mention to former world title challenger Batir Akhmadov. He's now 8-1. and one. Obviously, I mentioned on last week's show, he's the guy that boxed Mario Barrios in a brilliant fight. One of the best fights of 2019. He came back here with a first-round KO against Ray Perez, who's now 24-12. and 12. Perez was down twice in that first round. Uh, but that's everything, though, for the review part of the show. Just before we... We wrap it up. The final thing to do is to welcome our first guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated super middleweight prospect. It is, of course, Mr. Willie Hutchinson. Willie, it's been a while. Welcome back on the show, my friend. Yes, thank you very much. It's absolutely how my are you? pleasure. Very well. How are you? Yes, good, good. Um, I'm obviously I'm 
I'm fighting in just that Saturday gone three weeks again, so I'm back in the ring um, and hopefully I think it's a title as well. So I'm looking forward to fighting now. Excellent stuff. Um, I've never I boxed my last fight a week ago Saturday as well, um, and I've never come out the gym. I come back I went, and I come straight back into camp. Nice one. In fact, I boxed I boxed that night and I went and done a run. <laughs> the same night I boxed. <laughs> What, around uh, around Stratford, yeah? Uh, to be honest with you, actually, uh, it was either that there or the fella let me in the, in the gym in the hotel, so it actually worked out perfect for me, like, you know what I mean? Oh, excellent, man. And it worked out perfect for me, so, yeah. Nice one, Willie. So, like I say, we last spoke in May of 2018. It was, uh, it was a long time ago now, just before you were boxing, uh, journeyman tough guy Adam Jones obviously you beat him since then you've picked up another eight more wins um yeah let's just speak about obviously you mentioned your most recent one um you know just over a week ago against Ben Thomas I think he came in at obviously short notice wasn't wasn't your fault obviously. that's right um it didn't take you no. long to get rid of him though a nice quick one there for you Willie listen I just had to do what I had to do wasn't I? um I mean I trained really really I've been training really really hard um I've been eating the right stuff, doing the right training. Um, I'm also making my new weight, 12 stone. And, yeah, uh, listen, you know, going into that fight, if it, it was him or King Kong, the same would have happened whoever I was fighting that night. I was just up and ready to rock and roll. And it's going to be the same thing on the 20... I'm, I think it's the 26. 26 it is. So... It's going to be the same story, do you know what I mean? It's going to be a whitewash again. Whoever they put in front of me, I'm going to knock down. And Willie, I want to ask you, what was it like for you to box with no crowds? I know that obviously the fight didn't last too long, so I'm not sure how much you really yeah. realised it. But I remember even coming to your, your pro debut and we had, uh, I was yeah. sat like in the front row or whatever. And I remember loads and loads of Scottish fans there, you know, having a wild yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. And what's it like for you having, you know, not having that support? Yeah, listen, you know what it is? In the amateurs, I boxed millions of times. I boxed millions of times where I, there was no one, do you know what I mean? Just judges and referees, and that was it. Um, as the amateurs, so to be honest with you, it was no different to what I've done before, do you know? Um, so to be honest with you, you know when you go for a fight and you're in that ring, you, you couldn't care less who's there, do you know what I mean? As long as you just get the job done, it doesn't matter. It was... Do you know what I mean? I enjoyed it. In fact, it was it was nice. I enjoyed it. It was something different. <laughs> and obviously, you mentioned it's a quick turnaround for yourself. You'll be back out two weeks this Saturday. Um, you, you'll obviously have to make the super middleweight limit in this fight here. Um, you mentioned it's probably going to be for a belt. I think it's going to be for the IBF European title. No opponent just yet, though, Willie, it sounds like. No opponents just yet. No, I've got no opponents just now. It's just... I'm just still waiting on who they're going to bring, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I was going to say, it's, it's obviously going to be on the Josh Taylor undercard September 26th at the BT Sports Studios. Exactly. Um, are you excited yeah. just to kind of be on Josh's undercard? Because obviously, you know, there's so many English fighters, so many Welsh fighters. Yeah. In Scotland, perhaps they don't really get the credit for having great fighters. Many people would say no. Josh Taylor's the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in Britain. You're obviously a big talent yeah. from Scotland. It's, it's a great night of boxing for Scottish fight fans. For, for Scottish fans especially, I mean, it's an unbelievable night for boxing, isn't it? I mean, Josh Taylor and me, um, obviously from Scotland, and we're both fighting on the same night, so it's massive, yeah. Uh, 
and obviously Josh Taylor's leading the flag for Scotland just now. Do you know what I mean? He's he's the number one. He is the main man. He's the one we're all looking up to. He's got what we all want. So obviously, it'll be great. It's a it'll be great to fight the same on the card as him, and be, you know what I mean? It, it, it's it's good. Scottish boxing's on its rise, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking mm-hmm. forward to that. And of course, yourself, you're being mentioned amongst some of the other super middleweight talents in Britain. Uh, I believe, I think okay. about a week ago or something, you made a comment about Lerone Richards. Uh, there's so many yeah. guys in, in, in the super middleweight division in Britain. We're really lucky at the minute. When will we see you boxing some of these guys, Will? It seems like you want it, but we're not sure when it's going to exactly. happen. Listen, you just got to wait and see. Do you know what I mean? If it was down to me, I would have fought these men already. But it's not down to me. It's down to my team, my manager, my coach. And I've got to listen to what they've got to tell me. Do you know what I mean? I would fight them men any time. I'd fight them now, for God's sake. I'd fight them this the, this weekend. <laughs> it wouldn't make a difference to me. I'd, I'd beat them all anyway. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'd beat them all anyway. I'm just... I don't know. They're just. I don't know what's happening, do you know? And you mentioned. I don't know what time. I just got to take my time. I'm only 22 as well, you know. Yeah. No, definitely. That. I'm, on, uh... I'm only 22, and yeah. obviously they know better than what I do. What do I know? Do you know what I mean? The only thing I know how to do is fight and win. And that's it. And you mentioned your team there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you're still being sort of co-promoted by Richard Schaefer's Ringstar Promotions. Yeah. Is there a plan, yeah. Willie, to to get you fighting in the states at all? Yeah, of course he is. Um, obviously, all this crazy stuff's happened but of course there's a, there's a plan of me fighting over there and boxing over here and doing my thing over here but when there's a chance I can go over there and fight of course it is you know what I mean open arms to anything and obviously of sorry sorry to cut you off go on no yeah it's it's just yeah uh, there'll be big plans of me going to America and having some big fights over there and again, obviously, you know, you don't know just yet who you're going to be fighting later this month, and it's kind of hard to tell in this current climate. You can't really tell what you're going to be doing after that. You never know what's going to happen no. in a fight. You never know what's going to happen with all this pandemic craziness. But um, exactly. is there like a plan in place just yet to, I guess, kind of progress you to the next step in your career just yet? Uh, to be honest with you, just now, it's just getting fight by fight and just keep winning. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Just beat whoever they put in front of me. Whoever they put in front of me, I'm going to knock down. Simple as that. And again, you've been with Dominic now for a long time. I think when we first spoke, I think you were quite fresh <laughs> with with Dominic, if I'm not That's mistaken. Right. You've got Liam Williams right. in the gym. You've got Kel yeah. Brook. You've got Kid Galahad. Is it is it working for you to be amongst other top fighters like that every day? Yes, of course it does. It's uh, iron sharpens iron, doesn't it? I'm a really big believer in that there and. Um, watching the likes of them train and spar and fight and stuff like that there makes me want to have what they have. You know what I mean? It, it pushes me on. I want to be the. I want to be like them. In my head, I want to be like them. I want to be the best. You know what I mean? I want to be the best. And also, Dominic isn't just a trainer. Fast car ready. Catch him if you can. What's the gym's That's take right. and your take on Dom's singing career, Willie? <laughs> You know what it is? It's actually it's a good song, you know. He's bring out a couple of good songs. They've actually been really, really good. The uh I'm not really a music person, do you know what I mean? So I couldn't really comment on it, but the um I, 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 his songs I actually quite like. I think he should keep doing what he's doing and then if he likes it, that's the main thing, do you know what I mean? 
Will we see 100%. you use it for ring walk music at any point in the future, Willie? Hey, you never know. You never know. If he makes a song about me, I will. 100%. There you go. If, Dominic, 100%. if Dominic's listening to this, then he's he's got to put pen to paper and make a song about it. Exactly. He's got to, hasn't he? Oh, that's brilliant. He's got to. That's brilliant. If he makes, and if he makes a one I really like, if I ever fought for a world title, I'd come out to it. Oh, amazing. Amazing. That would be good, wouldn't That'd it? That'd be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it would it would be good. And just Very good. as we get to the end here, Willie, I just want to ask if you've got any closing words just to I suppose just our listeners really, a lot of guys that listen to this are fans of yours. What's your message to your supporters during these tough times? Obviously two back to back quick fights in a quick succession. Yeah. Um you know what it is it's just stay safe and watch the the hurricane go to work on the twenty sixth of this month. I'm ready to rock and roll and I want to thank them all for still supporting me through this hard time and yeah thank you all good man Willie listen it is always yeah. a pleasure speaking with you it I is. can't wait to witness your yeah. development over the coming years and I'm sure we'll speak many more times <laughs> in the future my friend yeah good man good man thank you very much okay now it's time for part two on this week's show I'm not gonna discuss the news right now because it seems like there's not really much going on so I'm just going to dive straight into the preview part of the show Um, I will discuss the news at the very end if there is anything big that develops while the show is kind of I guess being recorded in that that production stage Uh, we're going to start here with a card that takes place tomorrow tomorrow obviously being Friday September 11th in Russia at the Kimiki uh, Basketball Centre Top of the bill, Fedor Chudinov, former world champion, 22-2, and two, takes on our very own Umar Sadiq, 10-1. and one. Uh, That one is set to take place over 12 rounds. Um, you know, it's a tough fight for Umar Sadiq, let me be completely honest. Umar Sadiq, uh, you know, a guy I've seen, I was there when he lost his O to Zach Chelly at the Brentwood Centre. And to be fair to him, he's he seems to have gone on from that and, you know, improved because he come back he beat Cody Davies that was a brilliant brilliant win uh it wasn't a landslide it was still a close fight but he beat Cody Davies and you know he uh obviously by beating Cody Davies it was real impressive because Cody Davies had beaten Zach Chelly who Umar Sadiq had lost to so there's a bit of a weird triangle going on there but anyway Sadiq has just beaten Cody Davies he's coming off his absolute uh, best career win for sure and he's taking on Fedor Trudinov I just think it could be a little bit of a step too far um, obviously there's not going to be crowds in Russia which probably works in Sadiq's favor because I can just picture the scene a real you know a real um, hostile cauldron in Russia I don't think it's going to be that I don't think there's going to be a crowd but Fedor Trudinov so much experience you know good amateur obviously as a pro I mentioned a former world champion um, he's only got those two losses to Felix Sturm in a fight he should have won that was very controversial and then um obviously he got he got beat by george groves in a fight if i remember correctly i think he might have even been winning that fight i can't remember but he got stopped by george groves other than that he's a good fighter you know he's got tons and tons of experience good wins over hassan and dam good wins over the likes of um who else did he beat uh he beat najib mohammedi even though you know i think that was a bit controversial actually and yeah, he's just had good wins all around. I remember him beating Frank Buglioni. I remember when Frank Buglioni um, 
decked him when you know after the bell he punched him and floored him after the bell but anyway it is what it is um Fedor Trudinov very experienced I just can't see a way Sadiq wins that one I really can't that's a tough tough fight there in Russia but all the best to Sadiq he is obviously a Brit and I want him to win the fight uh, moving out now to the BT Sports Studio, Stratford, London. This one to take place on Saturday. On the undercard, we get to see the return of um, Cedric Paynaud. The Frenchman returns to British shores. His record, 8-7 and seven with three draws. A lot of people will know the name because he gave Conor Ben fits, really. Um, he takes on former English champion, I think. I think he was former English champion. Echo Essuman. That one's for the IBF. European welterweight title. Brilliant fight on the undercard as well. Mark Heffron, 25-1. and one. That one loss came to Liam Williams. He takes on Denzel Bentley, the undefeated 13-0 and 0, um, fighter. That one's for the vacant IBF European middleweight title. Um, Bentley, you know, this is kind of, I want to say, this is his step up. We'll, we'll get to see how good he is here, I think. Brilliant fight. Um... You know, if it was before the Liam Williams fight, everyone would have said Mark Heffron's going to win. A lot of people were picking Mark Heffron to beat Liam Williams at the time. And how crazy does that sound now to, to look back at that? But um, since his loss to Williams, a lot of people have jumped off that, um, you know, that bandwagon, if you like. And I see a lot of people siding with Denzel Bentley. We shall see. Great fight. And the main event, the uh, the return to Britain anyway for Anthony Anthony Yard he hasn't boxed in Britain for a while it's got to be over a year now he lost to Kovalev I think it was last August in Russia and then he had that pointless kind of fight really he came back against a guy who had way more losses than than wins in Spain I don't think it was televised I think he stopped him um in a in a couple rounds something like that and now he's back here he's taking on Dex Spellman the very game and tough light heavyweight kind of you know, domestic level fighter, Dex Spellman. It's a 10 rounder. Spellman 16 and 4, Anthony Yard 19 and 1. So both men have got 20 pro fights under their belt. Um, I'm expecting Anthony Yard to get him out of there and make a statement and make a statement that Lyndon Arthur couldn't do with the same opponent, Dex Spellman. Obviously, that fight that he had with Arthur wasn't too long ago. So uh, I don't think he's overly fresh and and healed properly you know he took quite a few good shots in that fight I think you know Anthony Yard's got the advantage because he's had a lot of time to prepare for this Dex Bellman would have probably spent some some time out of the gym and then he's straight back in he's in another fight with Anthony Yard so I feel for Dex Bellman a little bit he's getting served up here like a piece of meat I guess but um, you know Anthony Yard and Lyndon Arthur are on this collision course and they've you know they've both been fed the same opponent Lyndon Arthur couldn't get him out of there I said it right after the fight on this podcast I said if Anthony Yard boxes Spellman he will stop him and then the fight got made and I think he will stop him so I'm excited to see what happens there I like Dex Spellman but you know I don't I don't see him Causing any problems really to Anthony Yard. Um, moving out now to the bubble in the MGM Grand Las Vegas. This is the final card to mention. Um, starting with the undercard, I think we should start with. It's return to the ring for Igis Kavalowskis. Um, last really seen in a big fight when he lost to Terence Crawford. In a good fight, I think. Did he have Terence Crawford down in that fight? I think he may have. I can't remember now. I think he might have knocked him down. Not sure if it was ruled a knockdown. Anyway, good fighter, but he lost to Crawford, and Crawford managed to get him out of there um, in the ninth round. But he's back. It's his first time since, uh, you know, first time getting in the ring since that loss, which was 
um, at the back end of last year in December. And he takes on Mikhail Zuski, who's 34-1. and one. Um, You know, a Canadian fighter. His one loss came to Konstantin Panomarev. That's the Ukrainian fighter that I haven't really heard anything about for a couple of years, to be honest. But other than that, his record is quite inflated, I have to say. And, um, yeah, that's that should be interesting. That one's for the vacant WBC Continental America's welterweight title and the WBO NABO welterweight title. And the main event, Miguel Mariaga, 29-3. and three, um, A big puncher, a tough guy, a tough South American style, if nothing else. And he takes on... Joet Gonzalez, 23-1. and one. Gonzalez coming off that loss to Shakur Stevenson. I don't know if Shakur Stevenson is still dating his sister or not. But anyway, he returns to the ring, 23-1. and one, And like I say, he's, he's got a tough task here against Miguel Mariago. You know, some people, um, some people like to kind of disrespect him, stuff like that. They forget he's only lost three fights. And they were to Vasily Lomachenko, where he... You know, he did get stopped in seven rounds. He lost to Oscar Valdez on points, and he lost to Nicholas Walters on points. Let me tell you, not many people went the distance with Nicholas Walters, by the way. Um, talking of guys that disappeared. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good fight. I remember Shakur Stevenson was supposed to be boxing Miguel Mariaga. I think it was earlier on this year. It might have been... Uh, yeah, I think it was in his first defense. I don't. Obviously, the fight didn't end up happening. I'm not quite sure what happened with it. But people weren't happy with that, but... In a, in a bizarre way, he ended up, um, you know, boxing Joet Gonzalez. It might have been the fight before that. I don't know. Basically, what I'm getting at is Shakur Stevenson was supposed to box Mariaga. He didn't. And now his former opponent is boxing him. His, uh, his, his girlfriend's brother. It's, it's a bizarre one. It is boxing. You should be used to it by now. Anyway, that is it for the preview part of the show. We brought you the review part earlier on. We brought you a guest. I've just done the preview part there. If there is any news that develops from now until the end of the show, then I'll speak about that at the very end. The final thing to do, just before we wrap up all the talking, is to welcome our second and final guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the reigning WBO Super Featherweight World Champion, hot off his fight on Saturday night, is of course Mr. Jamel Herring. Jamel, welcome back on the show, my man. Hi, man. Appreciate you having me back, bro. How's it going? All going well, my friend. Always a pleasure speaking with you. So we last spoke in April, Jamel. At that time, you kind of expected to hopefully be going straight into the Frampton fight. Coronavirus then messed man. messed everything up, didn't it? And uh, that, Yeah, man. You know, the, fact, the fact that you, that, that you just said last time we spoke was April, I was like, man, it's, whew, it's been a long year. It's been a long year, man. It's been a rough year. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, over an interview anyway, April. Uh, let's start with, with, with that. Obviously, uh, you know, the the fight was cancelled twice due to you failing these coronavirus tests. Just tell us what happened because right. it seemed to be a real confusing situation, especially for us over here. Well, uh, you know, from, from uh, I know for a fact, in like at the end of June, I had it. I know for a fact I, I had the virus, but by the time July third came around, I had tested negative again. So when the um, fight was rescheduled for what July fourteenth. You know, heading into that into that fight week, I thought I was I thought I was cleared because I already tested negative before I even going into that fight. Um, when I got to Las Vegas, that's when I had tested positive again. But in the you know the same in the same week, um, I went to go get tested again, and my test came back negative. So it's been like it's been like a crazy up and down up and down situation in terms of my health and um, you know these coronavirus tests. 
But um, you know, afterwards I had to wait another like six, six to um, seven weeks before I can get back into the ring, and it just feels like it's, it's been like a long, dragging and draining process just to get me in the ring at all. Yeah, not to mention obviously the you know the challenge of trying to get your body to peak at the right time. It's just physically impossible exactly. with all this going on. Um, obviously the fight. You got you got to think about it. You got to also think about it. You know, when I was the fight in July, I was already at 129 pounds. You know, so I made weight just for me not to fight. Yeah. Then I had to make weight again and um, you know, drain my body down to a 120, 130 pounds. Um. You know, six weeks later, and so it's yeah, it's definitely been it's definitely been taxing my body, but you know, I'm just glad we got that out of the way. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, like we say, you know, the fight did take place the the, the third time. Lucky um, Jonathan Aquendo Saturday night in the bubble. It, in your own words, it wasn't the statement that you wanted to make. Just tell us about the fight from your right. angle. Obviously, it was a. Uh, you know, it was a it was a tough fight. Even though you pretty much won every round, it was it was a grueling type of fight. It was grueling, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, for the most part, you know, I showcased that um, I still had you know sharp boxing abilities. I just believe that once he knew that he couldn't basically obviously outbox me, that the fight started to get rough and and, and dirty, and um, to the point where my eye was um. Was greatly damaged, and I and I thought, you know, even after the fight, when I went to go see a doctor, I thought I couldn't see out of my eye because of um because of the blood. But it came back, it came back uh, that it was actually far more severe than that. It wasn't so much of the blood; it was so much of the um that my eye was um basically my eyeball was basically scratched up, and um they said they said that they they also found the old a old facial fracture in my face that didn't properly heal, so. From all the um, you know, all the impacts on the headbutts, that was actually um, you know, also messing with my sight, and it and it almost came down to actually it almost came down to an issue that um that Cal Brook had in the past with her, um his orbital bone, but luckily you know my orbital bone wasn't broken or anything, but it was it was definitely some um some damage done to my eye more than just the um the blood in it. So um it, the doctor said it, it was just I, I was just I actually got lucky that the fight was stopped when it did because. Um, if I would have prolonged it, it probably have been worse, and it probably have been actually um career threatening. But so I'm just I'm just grateful that you know I'm here today, and my eye and body is healing. But yeah, man, it was just it was definitely just a, um it was just a rough experience. Yeah, wow, I didn't know that. So um, thanks for sharing that with us because I think a lot of people are yeah. really uh, not sort of sure. You know, when you said, and I, and I, I'm going to just say, it, when you said that you couldn't see, people were looking at you from what they could see, obviously not knowing about the eyeball damage, thinking, how can he not see? He looks, you know, he looks okay. The cut doesn't look that bad. But um, you know, yeah, I understand. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It, it was. It definitely wasn't. Um, when I when I um, actually went, like said, speaking to the doctor, it definitely. I will say that it definitely wasn't so much of the blood. It was the fact that I had, like, um, you know, and I, and I got all, all the records and documentations um, from the doctor, but it was it was more that my eyeball was um, was um, basically um, more damaged to my, like, directly to the eyeballs, not so much of, you know, blood in my eye, and I could just easily just wear my eye, and I could, you know, okay, I could see. No, it was so much of that. It was um, the cornea, whatever, they, how you pronounce it, it was scratched. Yeah. And then they wanted to make, um, you know, they wanted to make sure that I didn't have any issues with my retina. So yeah, it was it was more so much of it. It was more so much um, inside than basically you know what was showing on the outside. Yeah, yeah, an internal injury. Um, 
with exactly. with Aquendo, you know, I said it earlier on. He's not really a boxer. He's he's a brawler type, t- you know, type kind of guy. He, he has that style that's very difficult to look good against. Um, did you underestimate mm-hmm. him in any way? No, no. Because I, 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 like I said, we knew we we like the game plan. We knew he was going to come basically head first. I mean, not not we didn't know that literally, but <laughs> we knew he was basically going to come straight and direct. So. If you if you watch, that's why I kept that's why I kept taking a half step back and I was timing him with the uppercut because he we knew that you know he was gonna come in and he was gonna come in with his head down and we was actually we was actually looking 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 for him to throw like the overhand right because if you look at the punch that he didn't really throw he didn't he didn't really throw jabs he was mainly was trying to just you know rush his way in so we knew that he was gonna go head down first onward in. And we were just basically just you know trying to stay patient and just, and just time him, and that's not and that's when I caught him with that one that one uppercut that put him down because we knew what he was gonna do. So we definitely didn't underestimate him, but you know after a while he just you know um, he knew that he couldn't really like I said again couldn't he he wouldn't be able to outbox me. So of course he was gonna do anything uh, by any means. And earlier on in the show, I spoke of the you know the incident that took place in the corner. It seemed to be a little bit messy for about five minutes. No one quite knew what was happening. Was it going to go to the scorecards? Was it just a straight DQ? I was listening to commentary. Right. Um, I don't know if it was US commentary. I don't think this. You know, I don't think it was um, ESPN Plus or whatever commentary. I had um, Christina Poncher and um, and um, yeah, what's his name? Um, Oh man, Manny Robles. And he said that you know how can um, you know how can he have a point deducted for use of the head and then also get punished again with a DQ a couple rounds later? It was just very confusing what was going on. Did you was it confusing for you or did you know what was going on in the corner? I had no, I had no idea. <laughs> um, I, I, I myself thought it was confusing. I thought if anything that um, it would just go to the cards. Yeah, yeah. If, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, I thought it was. Just, so yeah, the whole um, the whole DQ thing it actually pissed me off because <clears throat> I look at it like this: if it's going to be a DQ, they should have they should have um, enforced that to begin with. You know what I mean? During the action, not not after not after the the fact. So um, I was confused. I thought I was just going to go straight to the cards, whatever. <clears throat> and, I, and I actually would have been fine with that, but um, I necessarily was actually confused myself. Yes, yes, everything still went in my favor, and I, and I knew. You know, I knew I was willing to fight and everything, but I didn't necessarily feel like I needed a, 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 um, a disqualification to justify that. I'd rather have them just go to the scorecards and read off the judges' scorecards or anything. So, yeah, I was actually confused. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, everything, like I said, um, everything was just a blur up until, like, up until after, you know, after everything went on when I went to look back. But, yeah, I, I was confused just like everyone else. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you know the scorecards seem the right thing to do, but what do I know? But um, anyway, you mentioned you know. <laughs> what, what do I know? You know, I don't know where I got. I was confused. Like I don't know how the rules go these days. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you mentioned obviously you've got this cut. You've got this uh, this this um, you know can't remember the pronunciation, but this damage to the eye. Um, how how sort of bad is it? How soon do you believe it will it will heal? You know it's crazy. As much criticism as I took about that whole situation, when I seen when I spoke to Bob directly after the fight, I told him that no matter what, I still wanted to. Um, I just wanted just to heal up, and I just wanted and I actually get back into training for Frampton. Um, Bob, but Bob kept um literally telling me, no, you need to take time off. You need to take time off because like, um you need to let your body heal because he know he basically pointed out the fact that 
you know, at the end of the day, you know, I've been through the COVID-19. I've been to basically three training camps. And um, he just said that basically my body's been through a lot in just, you know, the recent months alone. And he just thought that it was only right for me just to just to take time off. But, you know, me being the person I am, I, I just said, you know, just give me like a week or two off. And, you know, I want to start talking about negotiations for the Panther fight. But it was like, like I said, it was mainly my team around it. It says you, you've been through enough. You know, you need you need to rest. You need to take some more rest. So here we are now. But um, like I said, like like I said, like I even throughout the, all the criticism, um, I still felt that I have, I have an obligation, and the obligation is to um, face Carl Frampton. But right now, I mean, I'm not saying the fight is not going to happen, but in terms of the um, the time frame, you know, the fight is, that is definitely out of my hands. But that's just who I am. You know, I still wanted to continue on and doing what, what was the, you know, the, the roadmap, which was to face Carl Frampton. Yeah, absolutely. And you um, you shared a, a photo that I want to highlight. You shared a photo on Twitter, your uh, a text message from your wife Jennifer, um, which basically right. you know she basically said that she wants you to retire after the Frampton fight because she can't do this anymore. I'm not sure how many boxers would have put that out because I think it's very personal. Um, but forget about that. I don't know how does that affect you moving forward. Do you feel like you've now got one foot out no, the door? No, you know, you know, no, you know what it was with that. That just goes to show you how severe that the um the injury the injury alone it was, you know what I mean I, I did get some um you know some kind of a, like a small backlash from my wife about that, <laughs> but um it just goes to show you that it was it, it wasn't just like the injuries, you know they take a toll on on your family, and um that just, like I was just pointing that out to basically show that it wasn't like the blood you know we you've seen you and I both seen I've been cut. I've been cut like a, a handful of times in my, in, you know, in fights before. So it that's that, that, like it wasn't the blood that stopped it. You know, it was it was the fact that um she was more afraid of, you know, um you know long term damage in terms of my vision. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I have two daughters that are, that are already disabled and they basically need my full attention. And you know, my wife didn't want me to go through a state in life where I will I have to go on with like um you know, life-threatening, life-threatening injuries. And that's what that was mainly about. So, like, I thought one else, so I'm glad we were because it wasn't so much of the blood. Like, I've been, I've been cut, like, at least a hand, handful of times, probably 10 times worse. So, it wasn't the blood. It was mainly, baby, it, my wife is more concerned of the more, like you said earlier, the internal damages and the long-term damages that that, that that'll go on from a fighter, you know, um, constantly being, um, you know, head injuries and as we've seen in the past and, Far, all, all far worse, but I love the sport. You know, I I, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't mind. You know, I would love to stay as long as I possibly can. But it's just one of those situations where I had to basically take a step back and just like really think um, about my future. Uh, I'm not saying that I have one foot out the door, but you know, when I when I like at the time when that when that hit, I was like, man, maybe I should really think about you know how long I want to stay in boxing. Um, of course, I want to continue to go on, but that's what that mainly came from. So much of um, you know, me just having one for the door, but it just goes to show you that, you know, fighters go through a lot behind the scenes when people aren't watching. So I had I wanted to share that insight with everyone out there. Yeah, absolutely. And just coming down to the final thing, Jamel, and I appreciate you giving me some time. I know it's uh, you know, the fight's out of the way now. You're very much, you know, spending time with a family, so I apologize for gate crashing that momentarily, but Oh no, but you know, you know, like I said, man, you you you've always been a good friend, you've always been very supportive and um 
Um, this is actually the first time of me um, actually speaking out. So, um, you know, I'm glad that I have, a, you know, at least I can get a chance to really tell the full story after, you know, everything, everybody's calmed down and I got my senses together and my head is clear. But, no, it's not it's not an issue, man. Like I said, anytime you want to speak, as long as I have the time, I have no issue doing it, man. But thank you for just, like, like I, first of all, I just want to tell everyone, I just want to thank you for at least reaching out to check up on me and see how I was doing, not just, to, you know, not just to talk or do an interview. You actually took the time to see how I was doing as a real friend, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I messaged you after the fight, and to be honest, I messaged you after every fight, I think, anyway, Jamel. We've yeah. been about half an hour at the bell, uh, or even sooner, <laughs> you know. But um, right, right, just right. wrapping it up, if you've got any closing words to our listeners, obviously, I appreciate, like I say, your time, and you've, you know, you said it yourself, you're telling sort of the full story here to, you know, UK guys are going to hear this. What's your message to those, just before we close it out? Um my message is this, man. Like, um, like I said, I still, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm still very disappointed how the fight ended, of course. Um, but I, I greatly appreciate those who stuck by me. Um, I never, you know, if anyone who knows me, they, they know. Or I, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, go out basically, you know, flat on my shield. I've been through worse. I mean, the shots got fight. I was busted up. I had a concussion. You know, I, I like, I, 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 I thought that was the worst it can get, but. You know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, I still want to um, continue on my career. So let's put that out there. I still want to continue on my career. I just want to, you know, I just right now, just, just give me like a couple of weeks. Let me just refresh my body. And more importantly, the um, the car friend fight, that's the number one agenda on the table. No matter what, no matter what anyone says or anyone thinks, that fight will be on the agenda. I just can't tell you the time frame now. But I know for a fact, though, top rank did mention to me that that will be my next fight. There will be no more tune-ups or whatever you may want to call it, and no more interference. Carl Frampton is definitely next. And I just wanted to also say thank you to Carl Frampton for reaching out as well. He's a, he's a true gentleman. But, you know, it's still this, I'm still the same guy, still the same still, still the same fighter, still the same Jamel Harry. My, my personality or, or my, and, my, and my love and views hasn't, hasn't deferred from this, this past weekend. And that's pretty much about it. And I don't think that they ever will change. You are a good guy now, and you always have been, Jamel. Listen, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, my friend. Thank you for your time. Congrats on the win. That's the that's the main thing, and I hope that we speak again soon enough. Oh, yeah, we will speak again. Hopefully, we will speak um, once I I'm going to actually go to the top rank, and I'm going to actually pressure them to make this fight as soon as possible. I want to I want to put on paper. I want the con- I want contract signed. You know, and I, and I want uh, and I want a fight date. So definitely, once we get that done, I definitely would like to speak to you in terms of that. And hopefully we will speak again after the Carl Frampton fight. So, yes, man. But thank you, man. I appreciate you reaching out. Okay, and this wraps up episode 256 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. A huge thank you to our two guests on this week's show, the undefeated super middleweight prospect, Willie Hutchinson, and of course, the reigning WBO super featherweight world champion, Jamel Herring. I really am glad that I got to speak to Jamel in the end, and he cleared up some of the confusion that surrounded his fight, of course. Um, honestly, you know, one of boxing's true good guys is Jamel Herring. 
There has been one or two pieces of news break whilst we've been recording the show. Top Rank have announced an unbelievable schedule for October. It kicks off on October 3rd when super lightweight contender Jose Zapita takes on former titleist Ivan Baranchik, former world titleist. Uh, the following Friday, which will be October 9th, we get to see Emmanuel Navarrete move up in weight and challenge for the vacant WBO featherweight world title against the excellent amateur and unbeaten professional Ruben Villa. Uh, the following Saturday, which will be the 17th, we get to see a true super fight. Vasily Lomachenko takes on Tiafimo Lopez in a lightweight unification. The following Friday, which will be October 23rd, we get to see Arta Baturbiev defend his two world titles against top contender Adam Danes. And then October 31st, Halloween night, we get to see Naoya Inoue defend his two world titles against Aussie Jason Maloney. In other news, Nathan Gorman's heavyweight clash with Richard Larty has been pushed back. He was originally supposed to box Larty this weekend, but the African fighter didn't get his medical done in time. That fight will now take place on the Liam Williams, Andrew Robinson undercard in uh, or on October 10th. And finally, the World Boxing Super Series have announced that their cruiserweight final will take place on September 26th between Unier Dortikos and Maris Bredis. That one's going to take place in Germany. But that's about everything from myself now. I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning into this week's show. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend. Stay safe, people. Enjoy your weekends, and we shall see you all again next week.